Hello everyone, welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I'm your host once again, Hunter Salazar, and today this is going to be part two of Metaphysically Interpreting the Bible. So we're going to start on, we're going to start our, kind of where we left off on, on, uh, we did page one, so we're going to do page two, and we're still in Genesis here. So uh, let's go ahead and start with chapter two of Genesis. Um, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So, heaven and the earth, all the different beings that are in heaven and earth, uh, when it referred, I believe that's what host refers to. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he made, he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Okay, so we, uh, we have, you know, everything being populated. We have all levels being populated. And, you know, God resting. So, this is something that I find interesting because... God doesn't really need to rest, so why is there a rest on this seventh day? So my idea is that it God didn't necessarily need to rest, and creation didn't need to really rest. Uh, it was more about um, all the dominoes are in a line, and now uh, we kind of enter time. It's not so much God that needed rest, it's more that um, time has begun. So uh, the seventh day... And needing of rest, it both establishes the seventh day Sunday as the holy day, and also that uh, this is kind of where time starts. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's go on to four here. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Okay, so it's about to go into uh, it's about to go into some more detailed uh, elements here. Um, so, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Okay, so we're very much tying it to human activity on earth. And it's trying to give you a picture of of everything is set up, but uh, it still need actions need to be done. There's there are things that need to be done so that you know time has been established, but then uh, we we need some kind of progression. And uh, really, it has to do with um, our minds having an idea. Okay, well, all this was made. Now let's move forward. Just like the uh, the recent uh, passage I just read. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Okay, so once again, God established that there would be mist, and the uh, the elements of creation are uh, are starting to take hold and make the earth that we know. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So I'll read that one more time. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So when we're talking about uh formed out of dust, we're talking about you know, we we borrow our bodies and uh and even the the life force from the earth. Uh the elements that make up earth and the universe also make up our bodies. So the dust here is referring to um, different elements and, and material that make up the vessels that the soul exists in. So when he said breathed life into the nostrils, so breathed life into the nostrils is something that actually pops up 
in a lot of different cultures, this idea of breath. Um, for, you know, for a long time, I mean, for as long as there is recorded history, we see examples of of the breath being significant, of it both starting spirit and ending spirit when we leave, when we leave our bodies with our last breath. And this has more to do with our our um, observations about, you know, people need to breathe to live, and then the breath stops once we die. However, its spiritual element is that um, the, the soul itself is kind of like breath. It, uh, it inhabits us for a time, and it's here, it's here for quite a while. And then it exits the, the material body that it is in, uh, much like breath does. And uh, so even when it comes to Odin and people who follow Odin like myself, Odin is the one who breathed life into us. Um, Vili and Ve, his brothers, did other things, but we were breathed to life through Odin's, uh, you know, breath that he placed in us. And this actually, that actually, that term might be kind of taking it from uh, the Bible. This, there's a lot of biblical and biblical um, knowledge or precedent that goes into a lot of different mythologies and also uh, different, uh, you know, religious, re- religious iconography. Now, I'm not saying that Odin didn't breathe breath into me. It's just that the comparisons are kind of cross-cultural. And honestly, a lot of other cultures probably influenced uh, how the Bible was written. Not necessarily the knowledge, but how it was written. This is why, you know, breath gets brought up quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, man became a living soul from that breath. And then eight, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay, so so when we talk about eastward in Eden... This is very much a European thing. So, the King James Bible is, and you know, honestly, even the even the uh, Russian Orthodox before that, uh, we have this this identity of of we cut co- we're coming from a more ancient state, a more ancient you know cities, peoples before we formed other countries. Well, before we formed, we moved and formed other tribes, or just moved west. Uh, this is a very, uh, I would say, Eurocentric um, statement, but um, there's always this idea that, okay, so the sun the sun rises in the east. It also has to do with the sun rising in the east. So basically, the age of man started in the east because, you know, in a way, our souls compose this sun that shines upon um, or should shine upon all things in this world. Um, most certainly, it's uh, the rising star of man is the sun, so from the east is more poetic and also more metaphorical than actual actually literally um and it 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 kind of tracks um where we came from the fertile crescent and all that um so the the east is very important no matter where you are on earth the the east is important in this way and not just for christians but for for everybody um so when he made the uh so when he, he basically we come from we come from something in the past that was very fertile and then it the fertile crescent then it became less fertile over time um so god placing us there it basically means that we kind of when it when we concern evolution so once again i my interpretations is going to not just be christian but when when we're talking about evolution um we evolved uh in this place, this particular part of Earth, and once we reached our evolutionary state that we are now, 
that's when that's when God really started communicating with us because we had the ability to understand to to speak to write and everything like that and to uh, to understand uh, ourselves as individuals um the human the human mind and the human body and us as human beings um are placed were or were placed um you could say once we reached our current evolutionary station so we gained different kinds of souls different kinds of spirits uh that in, in, uh, embody us and that's kind of what it means when it says uh the garden of eden and and man was placed there we we took our fi- we took our most recent final form in the the east and the crescent uh in the in the, uh, the crescent lands at any rate um so number 9 and out of the ground made the lord god to grow tr- to grow every tree that is pleasant to the, to the sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil so out of the ground uh, made the lord to grow every tree so we're talking about so we're when we're talking about sight and food for humanity uh there was you know, when we reach our final form, we still want, I mean, the most recent form that we have, which is hu- human beings, um, as we are now, uh, there is plenty of food sources is what this is saying. And really, uh, they're good to look upon because they provide us with so much nourishment and they're good to look upon because we've been around them for so long. And they're, they're you know, these food sources, um, recognizing them as, as needing them to facilitate life is definitely a good thing to look upon. So, you know, when God looks upon it, he's creating. When man looks upon it, he's appreciating. So when we get to the tree of life is also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So um, so the knowledge, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we're talking about, this is from Paramahansa Yogananda and uh, his masters. The tree of good and evil is basically... We descended from higher astral, causal than astral forms of being, energy, and then once we got here, you know, once again, different kinds of souls and spirits than the the animals we evolved from. Once we got here, we are we're further descending from the astral realm and into this realm, and the the basically the human the tree of knowledge of good and evil is an upside down version of the the nervous system, very much like a tree. And the fruit upon that tree, well, we'll get to that. But the ner- the tree of knowledge of good and evil is 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 the nervous system. And for us to live as a humanity, we need the nervous system. It's also how God communicates to us. Um, it existing as being knowledge is very much tied to yoga as well. True, using the using the nervous system to enhance our spiritual lives and enhance our consciousness. Uh, we can also use it in a bad way, but we're going to get to there. And this tree was, uh, this tree is, is basically, that is the interpretation for the tree in my understanding. Did the tree of good and evil actually exist? No, I, do, I don't think that it did. Um, so let's go go ahead and go further. And once again, um, the upside down nervous system, it's us descending into, into the material. Uh, and, a, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted. And became into four heads. So when we're talking about the four head, the you know, the the river uh, went out of Eden to water the garden, and from hence it was parted and became into four heads. 
Uh, we're talking about some very deep information about prana, about life energy. Um, we're talking about a delineation from a source, further delineation of spirit from the source. 11. The name of the first is Pison. That is, it was comp Compasseth, the whole land of Havila, and there is gold. Okay, so we're talking about very, we're getting closer to specific, really specific places. The name of the first is Pison, and it is which, it is, is it which compasseth comp uh, the whole land of Havile, where there is gold. So gold doesn't necessarily refer to actual gold. It more refers to it being a land where golden consciousness is possible. Twelve, and the gold of the land is good. There is bdellium and the onyx stone. Once again, stones that represent different energies within us. Um, the onyx, very, very much associated with the root chakra. Bdellium, um, higher chakra. Thirteen, and the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. Okay, so the Fertile Crescent, Ethiopia is very, very close to the Fertile Crescent. Also, when we think about the Book of Enoch, and Enoch um, being in that area and making a perfect city and making himself perfect where he, he becomes Metatron, an angel, and raises the city up to even a higher vibration, uh, very much in or near Ethiopia, um, but, but mainly because it's, it's really one of the first places that people were. So 14, and the name of the third river is Hidekel, that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria, and the fourth river is Euphrates. So us being very associated with these rivers, but also, once again, the rivers represent energy. But uh, for us, you know, you can say that these rivers have different spirits, that every river has its own spirit, has its own, its own manifestation of soul, that... It is more to do with the the place of it and the waters flowing through it, but also it's an example of how our blood th uh, flows through us, just like water flows through the Euphrates. Fifteen, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Okay, so this is very important. When we're placed in a garden to dress it and and keep it, it's very much that we have to not abuse the land that we were given. But to but to make sure that it is maintained, we're very much the shepherds of the place that we were that we were that we were set first, and also of the whole world. We're very much shepherds, not abusers. Okay, so before we get to sixteen, let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. We are back. So let's continue at um, sixteen. We just read fifteen. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden thou may eatest, um, thou mayest eat, freely eat." Uh, which means, you know, every every nourishment that I have placed here, um, you may eat from. But also, once again, to keep in mind that He also wants us to keep it, which means keep it up, don't abuse it. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou that thou eatest. Thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay, here's where we get to the point where the Garden of Eden is not just a place on earth. It's also, it's also manifesting in the material universe and how we fell from the astral realm. 
once again, see it's material, astral, um, causal, and then this uh, God beyond creation. So the source. Um, once again, I believe that everything's a part of the source, and the source is only the is the infinite, the infinite, the infinite being, the infinite um, state of consciousness. However, we don't completely get to experience that until we reach and completely merge with the source or God. So, here's where we get that uh, you know we're falling from the astral realm because we decided to. Um, we decided to procreate and manifest in the material, which was uh, not a good decision, um, according to a lot of people. Uh, so when we want to manifest in that way, this is what happens. So the Garden of Eden was a, a realm in the astral realm, and uh, the knowledge of good and evil, the, the, the knowledge of duality itself, that there is good and evil, that there's not just one thing. Is, uh, is something that we only realized or, you know, it was a lack of realization, really, once we enter the material realm. Um, and it says, uh, thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So we enter into the, the ability or the, the existence of constant rebirth and death, birth and death, birth and death, which couldn't happen, can't happen in the astral and causal realm like it does here. So we enter into the system of birth and death that's, exists in the material realms. Um, and the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a, and help meet for him. I will make him and help meet for him. So we're talking about God creating. So this is this is kind of a continuation of, you know, once you reach the material realm, it's not just one kind of soul. You have to have the male and the female. Um, it's not just one kind of manifestation like it is in the astral. You have to have both a man and a woman in order to procreate and uh, all, and honestly eat from the tree of good and evil. All these things very much tie into each other. Um, and, you know, the idea about being alone is uh, it kind of ties that in as well because if you're alone, you're not going to survive in the tool realm. And since you went there anyway, um, you you can't you can't be alone for very long without dying. But so... You know, when it gets when it gets down to original sin, we're talking about we're talking about the sin of Adam and Eve, of course. Um, the original sin. So the reason why we all kind of pay for original sin, as far as the Bible is concerned, you know, as far as the, the translation that I'm giving, and I got from Paramatsyo Kananda and his, and his uh, gurus, is that all female and all male souls were in Adam and Eve. And the only reason you had this difference between male and female is because it was in the material realm and not the astral realm. So all the male souls in one and all the female souls in another. In these, uh, this, so it was a collective decision for both sets of souls. Um, but at this point, you can't blame or, or you know, delineate from appreciating both sides, even though it says, you know, woman... Um, Got Adam to eat, uh, Eve got Adam to eat, but we're gonna we're gonna get there in a minute. Um, surely die, I will make and meet him. Uh, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast uh, of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them in unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every creature, that was the name thereof. So it gets back to us naming animals and them not originally having any any name and us classifying them as what we are to shepherd. 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle 
and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found uh, an help meet for him. Okay, so this, the phrasing of this is confusing. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet for him. M-E-E-T. 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took out of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Okay, so now we're seeing the birth of Eve. And the reason why he took a rib from Adam, the, the metaphor there is that um, woman is meant, meant to stand beside man. That she's not less. Um, so just beside us is our ribs. So woman being formed out of man um, means that they are just as valuable as, as us. And the deep sleep part, uh, I'm not really sure what that refers to. I think it has to do with Adam not really being completely whole. So the deep sleep was, you know, he could work on he could work on uh, humanity in a way while Adam was in this sleep, while Adam as a consciousness was was asleep, and perhaps even fe- uh, certain souls, half of the souls, were designated as female and divided because of the need for both in this material universe and the universe says so 22 and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made uh made he a woman and brought unto her unto the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and Okay, so, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cling unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So we're talking about, uh, you know, both halves necessary to create a grander whole, and equally necessary. As we, as we cling to one another, um, we are whole. We're, and, you know, you can talk about this also referring to us having a true love out there, trying to find a true love, our true love, our twin flame, if you will. And this is true of many different books and different cultures, is that there is somebody out there for us. Maybe they're not completely satisfactory for us, but I do believe that we find what we're looking for to a certain extent. And some lives we may not find what we're looking for, or maybe we find it just a little bit, but eventually we'll happen upon somebody that completes us. And that's kind of a romantic ideal, and I one that I support and believe in. And uh, let's go ahead and continue. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and the and were not ashamed. So, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed because they didn't know they were naked yet. They were they just were. They didn't they didn't discern that they were naked. They didn't they didn't think like we think. They didn't feel bad for being naked. They didn't. They they were as as they were created, as they were in the material universe. And you know, once again, we we get the idea of you know we chose to be in the material universe, but we were kind of created here as well because God knows what was going to happen. At any rate, let's go to chapter three, which is on the same page. Now the serpent was more s- subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Ye hath. God said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question. So, we're getting to the Satan ideal 
and obviously it's implying that he was bef- he was either before man or he wanted to corrupt man. Two, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Three, but of the fruit of the tree, which is the mit- in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Five, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So we're getting very close to the point where they actually, they're actually, they're actually going to embrace sex and not just it being an energetic exchange, but being a very carnal, physical exchange. And the serpent, it's been compared to Kundalini, the energy that's at the bottom, coiled at the bottom of the spine and rises up. And in this case, I think it's the reverse. Kundalini is going down, becoming more obsessed with the pleasure side of sex and things like that. Okay, let's see. And he, he obviously tells them that, no, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. You could say gods of our own, of our own understanding, like... Uh, you know, when, it said, when he says gods, it means that we have the potential to be gods through understanding. But what he keeps back, what Satan keeps back, is what it'll cost. It'll cost quite a bit of our energy. So six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay, so let's analyze this. And and that it was pleasant to their eyes. So we're talking about, you know, being attracted to one another, males and females, or uh, or various genders, whatever have you, or gender, identif- gender identifications, because souls can basically transmigrate to a number of different body forms and still desire something else. Um, so we're talking about, you know, People being attractive to us, men being attracted to women, women being attracted to man, and that's what it means when it says it's good to look at, and good to look at reinstates that it's more of a materialistic desire. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay, so realizing, oh, we're attractive, and also... The, this is a huge part of materialism and sex. Okay, let's let's cover ourselves up because now we know our materialistic abilities to procreate and we're attracted to one another. So let's uh, be a little bit more sensible is the idea. So eight. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So... Adam and Eve, they know what they did was wrong. They know that they've placed desire into their hearts, that they're completely material. We are, they're far more materialistic now that they know they were naked and that they are attracted to one another. And they feel bad that they brought themselves to this point of materialism and uh, not only the ability to procreate by coming to the material universe, but also the desire to. So they feel bad. So they're, they want to hide from God, but really they're hiding from their own conscience, consciences. They're hiding from their own, they feel bad, because, but the eye of God is in the conscience. So they're hiding, trying to get away from feeling bad about what they have done. And they're trying to retreat 
you know, into themselves and somewhere where there is, they're trying to escape guilt, but they can't find that place because God's eye is within everyone through the conscience. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Once again, Adam more fleeing from the conscience than fleeing from the Lord, because the Lord knows where he is. And, but Adam is really running from that peace of the God within himself. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And then once again, he hid himself because he was naked, because he realized he was because of eating of the tree of the fruit of the tree of good and evil. And what the actual fruit was is basically referring to genitals, to male and female genitals, uh, mainly the male in this. But basically, they... they they decided to have sex and eat of the tree. That's what the eating of the tree was. And then they felt bad about it. Adam in this line. So that's actually one another page of the Bible, guys. So we are going very slowly through this. But I have to, I have to be honest and interpret it exactly as I see it. And I can't just skip over stuff. So I think that this podcast starting off, episode one... <laughs> Uh, one page, and then episode two, one part two, one page. Uh, we'll see how things go forward. I might try to speed up. Um, I don't really want to skip a whole lot. We'll see moving forward. I'm still trying to figure out exactly the formats and how I want to speak about these things as far as – I have the information. It's just conveying it is not always easy. So I think I'll get better at conveying it once you know we move forward, once we get to a, a – a few more episodes into this. Uh, once again, you know, I didn't say this last episode, but I am by no means somebody with a degree on things like this. I do not have any authority whatsoever in any church or with any degree or with any with a large amount of experience with the Bible. I am just an average person trying to interpret, based on what I've learned in many different spiritual systems, this book that we call the Bible, the King James Version specifically. I... Now, if it bothers you that I don't have the credentials or that maybe I don't have the authority to, to interpret the Bible, then, you know, I, I can't necessarily fault you, but this is, this is me. Uh, this is the person that I am and perhaps even lacking. But if you want to listen, if you want to learn more, if you want to uh, follow along with me, feel free to do so. If you are offended by now, then I don't think it's going to get any easier for you. At any rate, I just wanted to put my cards on the table and just be honest with everybody. So um, thank you very much for listening to this part two. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or maybe you just want to have a conversation about the Bible, uh, contact me at www.facebook.com slash hunter.salazar, H-U-N-T-E-R dot S-A-L-A-Z-A-R, A-Z-A-R. <laughs> At any rate, thank you very much for listening. hope to see all of you on the channel in the future.